What would you do for a cotton candy machine and 100 pounds of cotton candy powder? All right, maybe that's not as enticing to you as to me and Dewey here. I really like cotton candy. Uh, but how about this? What would you be willing to do for $10 million? So just think about that a little bit. $10 million tax-free, what would you be willing to do for it? The answer uh, that many people gave to this question when asked uh, might be kind of shocking to you. Probably not that shocking. Uh, one quarter of people said that they would be willing to completely abandon their family for $10 million. Now, I thought about this. So I was like, all right, well, some people you know, are single, and so they're really not abandoning that many people for $10 million. Uh, the next one, though, is uh, a quarter of people said that they would give up or abandon the church for $10 million. So, all right, God, I don't really need you. Here's $10 million. I know this exists for sure. I'm taking this $10 million. And then the other 50% of people, uh, they had a, a list of things that's so bad I, I can't share it with you this morning. Uh, we're talking about greed this morning, something I think most of us are familiar with. We, we, we see greed really easily in kids, uh, you know, with my daughter, Avian. Anytime some other kid is playing with a toy, of course, they want to play with that toy, right? Uh, because that kid has that. And then there's a little bit of envy and greed, but those two are connected. Nobody here, though, is greedy this morning, right? Like when I asked that question, what would you do for $10 million, you weren't coming up with a bunch of different things, were you? Um, Greed is also, uh, as far as deadly sins, it used to be called avarice, and we also know it to be uh, to covet or covetous. And it's actually the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. So what is greed? Um, as defined by the dictionary, greed is intense and selfish desire for something, especially uh, for wealth, power, or food. So it's this intense selfish desire for something. Jesus uh, speaks about greed in Luke 12, one of the many times that Jesus speaks about greed. Uh, we're going to read that together. Luke 12, starting at verse 13. And uh, I've got a lot of verses this morning. So if you have the version app on your phone, uh, you can go to events, uh, click on MPCC, and all the verses should be on there. Uh, Luke 12, 13 says this, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me judge or executor between you? And he said to them, Watch out. Guard yourself against every form of greed. For one's life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. So he says, Watch out. Guard yourself against every form of greed. This morning... Uh, I want all of us to uh, examine ourselves, to be vulnerable, because it's easy to get defensive and say, well, you know, I don't really struggle with greed. But the truth is there are many forms of greed that we have to watch out for. So look at yourself, ask yourself, do I really struggle with greed um, this morning? And I have to admit that this is kind of a hard sermon for me to prepare for, uh, because the more I prepared for it, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that greed is something that I struggle with. 
And uh, in fact, I, I really, I'm ashamed to admit, I think greed is something that I struggle with more now than ever before in my life. Um, as a husband, as a father, uh, there are a lot of things to be greedy um, towards. In fact, I've realized that our culture kind of promotes and teaches us uh, to be greedy. There are so many things to be greedy about. Remember, God said, or Jesus said, life doesn't consist of an abundance of possessions. Uh, but our generation, our time, we have more things to possess now than I think any generation before us. Um, not necessarily, Jesus didn't say that having an abundance of possessions is necessarily wrong, but he said that life doesn't consist of it. It's not important. Um, it really doesn't matter to us. And uh, as uh, Casey announced last Sunday, it was my birthday. And uh, having a birthday helped me realize that we have a lot of things in our culture that promote greed, that promote having abundance of possession. How many of you, you don't really have to raise your hands, but just think of this. How many of you guys have ever asked somebody, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for graduation? Or you've made a list. This is what I want for Christmas, my birthday, graduation. Now, it's not necessarily being greedy to want something, right? Greed is defined as this selfish desire for something. So it's not necessarily selfish, but it's on track to be selfish, to continually think about what you want. Uh, our, our society has these wonderful things, but maybe not really, called advertisements that are always telling you different things that you can want, right? OxyClean. Without OxyClean, you'll never get the stains out of your clothes. So you have to have OxyClean. And our advertisements have gotten really good. Now, you know, if you look up camping on your computer, suddenly your Facebook, everything you see, you'll see all this different camping gear that you didn't realize that you couldn't live without. And the problem is that we're really good at making this transition in our, our lives from things we want suddenly become things that we need. Because if we want it, then we might be selfish, right, for getting this thing because we just simply want it. So if it's something that we really need, it's okay for us to get that thing. The problem with it, though, is when we make this transition from wants to needs, like I want oxygen, I need OxyClean, I can't possibly get these stains out without it, we actually make a transition often in our hearts from it being something that we're not actually greedy about to something that we are being greedy about. Because when it's a need, then it becomes that selfish desire, that thing that you really have to get, that thing that you have to require. See, greed is all about having more, having better, improve, improving our lives, having our lives be better than what our lives are now. Uh, in my life, my hobbies can be something that I'm greedy about. Uh, I recently got into, or kind of back into, a childhood passion. I like to collect rocks. And uh, so I went rock hunting uh, with a friend of mine in Missouri. And uh, we got out there, and we were, you know, kind of thankful to God for this trip. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but we got out there, we got this spot, and we were finding all these cool rocks. And it became a little bit of that, you know, jealousy, envy, competition, rivalry between the two of us. So we we're digging in the dirt from like 8 in the morning until 4 p.m., just taking breaks to snack. And uh, so 
uh, this place you pay by the bucket for what you get. And so we kind of laid out our rocks where we were digging to decide, you know, later on what we we're going to put in the bucket and keep. And people were coming by and looking at it. And I kind of felt like Gollum. I was like, my precious, like, don't take my rocks. <laughs> and I realized that I was being greedy about something that just seemed so silly, right? Uh, but that's how easily greed gets into our hearts. We can be greedy about so, so, so many things. Uh, sports can be something that we're greedy about. Uh, we think, I need better equipment for these sports. If I just had better equipment, then I'd be set. I bet I, I've got to have it. I need this better equipment. I need better teammates. If my teammates were just better, then I would be set. I would enjoy this sport. Our team would be good. I just need a better coach. If I just had a better coach, it'd be perfect. Or I, I need better training, more camps. If I had those, then I would finally be good enough. See, sports can be an area where we're greedy. Uh, instead of going to church Sunday morning, we're going to the ball game. Uh, another area that kind of connects to sports is our accolades, our accomplishments, our achievements. We think if I just had this achievement, I would be good enough, people would look at me, and I would feel good about myself. I'd have the honor that I really need to complete my life. Another area that we can be greedy uh, is in our education. We think if I, if I just had a bachelor's degree, I would be good enough. A lot of people have bachelors. I need that bachelor's. And then we get it, and we think, well, everybody's got a bachelor's. I'm not really that smart yet. I'm not smart enough. I need to be smart enough. And so I'll, I'll get my master's. And then you get your master's, and you think, well, everybody has their master's that I just went to school with. I'm not smart enough yet. And it goes on. We get our, our Ph.D., doctorate, and that's not enough. And so we have to get more and more and more. Um, for, for me, you know, I've become a homeowner. Uh, need to improve our house. Need to make the improvements on our house, get a second bathroom. Uh, our, my, our cars, of course, we have to have a second car. Can't survive without that, right? And you see, there's so many things in our life that we can be greedy about. Power is something that we tend to be greedy about. We want that promotion at work. It kind of goes along with the accomplishments. Uh, we want that respect from other people that we deserve. And that's the problem with greed, because oftentimes entitlement is in there. We think, I deserve this. We look around at what people have around us, and we think, I need more. I have to have what everyone else has to be enough to finally make it in life. Love, love is actually something that we can be greedy about. And that sounds kind of crazy, but we want love from other people. So if I just got this much more love from my kids, from my wife, from my friends, then I would feel good about, enough about myself. I could finally be content with life if I just had this love from other people. Our kids can be something that we're greedy about. Some of us, we, we live through our kids. And so we think, uh, if my kid just achieves this, then I'll, I'll feel good about my life, my kid's life. And so we push our kids in sports. We get mad at coaches. We get mad at refs. We spend more and more money to make sure that our kids are better educated. And we actually build greed in our children. 
because of our own greed for them, because we have this tendency to live through them. And and then there's money, right? Money is something that we can be greedy about, that we can hoard. Why? Because money can give us all of these other things. If we have enough money, we can finally have enough of these other things. We can finally hire the right coach for our kids, or we can we can buy more power. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. Solomon's telling us that money is never enough. See, the problem with greed is it's kind of like a muscle that we feed and it grows in our lives. And the problem with desire is that it's never truly fulfilled. It just grows and grows and grows. That's why we see we see these people, these celebrities, who've got this fame and they've got power and they've got money, but they still don't have enough. And they take their own lives because they never had what they were looking for. You know how they hunt wolves in the Arctic? They'll actually take seal blood, they'll put it on a knife, they'll stick it in the ground, and the wolf will go to that knife and start licking it. And eventually the, the wolf isn't licking the seal blood on the knife anymore, but it doesn't realize that, and its greed kills it. We as humans have the tendency to be the same way. Proverbs 15, 27 says, The greedy bring ruin to their household, but the one who hates bribes will live. See, greed can actually bring ruin to our lives because we're never actually fulfilled, and so we keep pouring more and more into these things that we desire, hoping to one day fulfill our desires. Proverbs 28.25 says, The greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust the Lord will prosper. You see, greed causes us to be at odds with other people, because again, that referee didn't make the good right call, and if they did, um, then we or our children would have done better and so we get in a fight with the referee we get in a fight with our boss uh, because we're not getting the raise that we deserve Uh, we get in a fight with our spouse because we're not getting the respect we deserve we get in fights and conflict with our children because they're not living up to our expectations for their lives the greedy stir up conflict proverbs 28 22 says this the stingy are eager to get rich and aren't aware that poverty awaits them And if you don't believe uh, the proverb that the stingy, the people eager to get rich, have poverty awaiting them, just look at the statistics for lottery winners. Uh, They're actually more likely to declare bankruptcy in three to five years than the average American. In fact, 70% of jackpot winners go bankrupt, or they lose their last dime of that uh, jackpot within five years of winning it. Five years of winning it, they lose it all. So what do we do about this? What do we do about greed, this deadly sin that works its way into our life? Well, the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that we have greed in our lives, that we can be greedy about things. If you can't see the, the greed in your life, it's going to keep growing and growing. 
the next thing we need to do is to be grateful for what God has given us. To be content with what we have. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So don't love money. Don't love things. Don't love power. Be content with where you're at. Be content with what you have. Be grateful. First Timothy 6, 6 through 10 says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and many, and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You see, when we're not content, when we're greedy, it can lead us away from the faith, lead us away from God. So remember to be grateful. Uh, I have a really dumb saying that I'm going to tell you guys this morning. Um, have an attitude of gratitude, not an attitude of greetitude. Yes, I made up a word, greetitude, and that's the attitude of greed. It's this lifestyle of greed where we think, I need, I need, I need, instead of, I have, I have, I have. Thank you, God, for what you have given me. Have an attitude of gratitude, not greetitude. And a way to promote having this attitude of gratitude, not gratitude, is to be giving. Uh, when you have something that you can be greedy about, um, like rocks, you can take that thing uh, that's causing you greed, and you can give it away. So you can say, hey, you want this? Here you go. And when you give those things away that are important to your life, when you give your money away, you realize something. You don't really need it in the first place because you can live without it. The problem is that giving is like a muscle, just like greed. And the less you use it, the weaker it becomes, and the harder and harder it is. So take those things which are causing you greed and give them away. Now, greed is not always about physical possessions. And so sometimes you might say, well, I can't really give that thing away. Well, there's this wonderful thing called fasting. Take time away from whatever it is that's causing you greed, whether it's sports or something else, Say, I'm going to take some time to give this to you, God. I'm going to fast from this thing, and I'm going to pursue you in a new way. Have an attitude of gratitude through giving. And sometimes we get stuck. We get in this place in life where life is bleak, where we just feel like it's not living up to our expectations. We don't have what we want. We're in the slums because of our greeditude, because of the greed in our life. And in that time, I challenge you, look to heaven. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, look to the unseen. <coughs> When you're in despair, realize this life 
is temporary. Yeah, this life's not going to live up to your expectations. You're, you're going to have many times in your life where it feels like you don't have enough. You wish you had more love from other people. Uh, maybe you wish you, you performed better. You look back on your life and you have regrets. Quit doing that. Don't focus on this world. When you're in that time, look to heaven. Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, um, in Matthew 6, 19 and 20, he says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think of the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus, and he asked him what he should do for eternal life. And you know what Jesus said? He listed off several of the commandments, and the man said, I have kept all these. You know what one commandment Jesus didn't list off to that man? He, said, he didn't list off, thou shalt not covet. And Jesus said to him, there's one thing you still lack. Take your possessions, sell them, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. The problem with our comfort in the world that we live in today is we get focused on this world, this life, what we don't have now, and we forget about building for the next life. Our retirement plan is not for this world. Our retirement plan is Jesus Christ. Our retirement plan is heaven. And on this earth, we can start building treasure in heaven by focusing not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are unseen, God's kingdom. I want to end with this thought. When Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, she was thirsty. She was at the well needing something for her life. And she was a woman who had spent her life pursuing love. She had had all these men who had rejected her and she needed something. She had a hole in her life. And Jesus said to her, I will give you living water and you will never thirst again. And that is the promise that Jesus has for each and every single one of us, for living water. Jesus is the one who sustains us, the one we should go to when we feel like there's something missing. We need more. We don't need anything in this world except for Jesus. He is the one that we need. Will you please pray with me? God, I thank you for being enough. God, I thank you for creating this wonderful world and all of the wonderful things in it. But God, I ask that you help us not to be distracted, to not believe that life consists of the things of this world. God, help us to be grateful for the things that we have, to be generous with what you've given us, God, and help us to look to you, to look to your kingdom, to look to heaven, and remember that that is the promise that we have in your Son, Jesus Christ. God, help us to see the greed in our lives and to give it to you. We love you. In the Son's name we pray. Amen.